Today, Jesus is going to expose what I think is uh, one of our biggest problems as Christians today. I want to label this problem of ours, uh, this sinful belief of ours, selective sovereignty. Selective sovereignty. What do I mean by this? Well, we are right in the middle of Matthew 8, and uh, Jesus is performing all these signs and wonders, healing people, uh, casting out demons, and so forth. And it's easy to look at these miracles and say, wow, uh, Jesus is so good. Uh, God is so powerful. Look at him touch the leper, heal Peter's mother-in-law, and heal the paralytic. It's easy to like these acts of God's sovereign power and total authority, but what we don't like is when God's sovereignty starts to mess with us in uncomfortable ways. We want to pick and choose what God gets to be sovereign over. We say, you can heal me, God, but I won't tithe to the church. Or we say, you can be sovereign over this part of my life, uh, but my relationship with my parents, my political views, my sex life, stay out of those rooms. I'm sovereign there. Uh, this is sin and we all do it. We all try to carve out a space in our life where no one gets to tell us what to do, not even God. This is what I mean by selective sovereignty. And we are so proud and rebellious that a lot of the time uh, we don't even notice when we are doing this. We say with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. But do we really mean it? Here's the thing. Uh, Jesus isn't asking your permission to be Lord. Jesus is Lord. God is totally sovereign. The decision you have to make is, are you going to conform your life to his lordship and love it? Or are you going to try to keep some sovereignty for yourself, as if you could? Anytime we kick against Christ's lordship, we just make things worse. And as hard and humiliating as repentance can be, it's always better to do the hard thing now than to have to pay even bigger consequences down the road. Uh, kill that sin of a rebellious spirit now before it grows into a monster that consumes you. When Jesus calls us to follow him, he calls all of us, our entire being. It is an invitation to come and die in Christ, and no part of you is exempt. Now with that in mind, let's read our passage for today, Matthew 8, 18 to 22. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their own dead. Uh, just one point of application. Jesus was not a nice guy. At least he wasn't nice in the way that basically means he was effeminate and never offended anybody. Jesus says something rather shocking here. If I did this, people would say I was being rude and insensitive, which just goes to show how little people understand who Jesus really is. Jesus tells this man who wants to take care of his father and put his affairs in order to just leave him behind. Let the dead bury their own dead, Jesus says. Now, the fifth command to honor one's parents 
is what this disciple is trying to do. And in Jewish culture, there is only one person who has priority over parents, and that is God. The first command comes before the fifth. And Jesus is saying, I am God. Follow me. I am more important than your beloved parents. I am sovereign over everything. So listen and obey everything I command you. Even if it means you lose your home, you lose your family, you may even lose your life. But when you follow Jesus and give everything to him, you find with the Apostle Paul that to live is Christ and to die is gain.